This is Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. I am Robert Bruce, and I'm here with Lee Oden, CEO of Top Rank Online Marketing and author of the book Optimize, How to Attract and Engage More Customers by Integrating SEO, Social Media, and Content Marketing. Now, Brian Clark has said he's very glad that Lee wrote this book so that he wouldn't have to. Uh, Copy Blogger is behind Lee's ideas here, and I'm hoping to get to the bottom of this very cool and very effective holistic view of attracting customers online. Lee, thanks for coming by the show. Are you ready to answer some of these questions I've got about SEO, social media, and uh, content marketing? I'm happy to be here, ready to be interrogated, Robert. <laughs> excellent, excellent. We'll kick back for just a moment. I need to uh, do a, a word about our sponsor, and then we will get right back into it. So yes, this radio show is brought to you by Internet Marketing for Smart People, which, if you haven't heard, is our online marketing course that we deliver straight to your email inbox. Now, this course consists of 20 highly useful emails, and more if you decide to stay on, and it covers everything from content marketing to email marketing to the basics of good copywriting to uh, social media strategy and much, much more. And uh, by the way, it's totally free. So if you want to join over 75,000 people who've signed up, just jumpstart your online marketing efforts. If you want to skip a large part of your learning curve with all this stuff, if you want to learn how to use the online marketing strategies and, and tactics that actually work, get on the bus, sign up. It's easy and it's free. Just head over to copyblogger.com, scroll down to about the middle of our homepage where you'll see the headline, grab our free 20-part internet marketing course, drop your email address into the little box there, and we'll take care of the rest. So let me make sure I understand what you're getting at uh, with your new book here, Optimize. And that is, uh, as far as I see it, the big picture with SEO is really now a holistic picture with content, social, and search being one thing. And I'm just wondering if you can explain this holistic concept in more detail. There's a lot of history to SEO. I mean, even though it's been around for 15, 10, 15 years at best, you know, there's been a lot of changes. They say the one constant with internet marketing, especially with search, is that things are going to change. Um, you can look back you know, I started in the business in 97, and I never, ever would have imagined back then that things would be in the state that they are now. You know, there was no Google. <laughs> we were in a world of Lycos, Alta Vista, Hotbot, right? And it was really all about keywords, and that was it. And then Google came along, and we had to bow down to the almighty link. And as things have progressed and Things got personalized and things got, I guess, involving more different media types in terms of universal search and personalized social search and social signals really, really growing. And in many cases, displacing the importance or at least augmenting the importance of standard links between pages as signals. And really what it all boils down to is the ability for a company that's publishing information online to connect with an audience and to keep them around. And Optimize takes this sort of holistic approach and doesn't just connect the dots of how those target customers, those customers you're after, discover and consume and act on content, but also digs into what it is that they care about in the first place. Because SEO as a 
tactic or discipline has been very focused on keywords. It's been very focused on, you know, the notion of optimizing for search engines. The notion is the better visibility, the more traffic, and what should follow is more leads and conversions, more sales. Optimize takes the approach that, look, that's important. It is. But let's find out what customers care about. Let's really identify common characteristics amongst groups of customers. Let's understand the sales cycle. And let's actually map the information needs in terms of content across that buying cycle and then identify search keywords, social topics, and places where those customers can be influenced to move through that journey of the sales cycle to buy. So that by the time we come to conversion, we've got a self-educated customer or prospect that's pulled themselves through that journey to buy. And that shortened sales cycles, increases order frequency and volume, repeat orders, referrals, all kinds of good stuff. Would I be right in breathing kind of a sigh of relief about all this stuff? Not that we're talking about anything that's unscientific, not that we're talking about throwing away testing or, or keywords or anything that has gone before, but breathing a sigh of relief at this holistic approach because in some sense it seems like, though not well generally, it seems like what a lot of people are already doing. I think there is something to be said for the building blocks of marketing as having been often overlooked. Um, people like to chase shiny objects like this whole notion of you know social media, social business, social this, social that, without having any clear goals identified and not having an, a clear idea about what's even possible if they approach things a little more holistically. Here's an example. Most people are investing in SEO from a marketing perspective because it's all about customer acquisition, and that's great. But companies produce lots of other types of content that doesn't have to do with products or services being sold. And there's and they have particular audiences in mind. At the same time, people search for many different reasons than just to buy stuff. So the, while the revenue opportunity is very significant and most formidable, what a lot of people are leaving uh, in terms of money on the table is efficiency um, in terms of, for example, You've got people who are already customers and they have a problem. They go to Google and they search for an answer to a problem. Why wouldn't a company optimize its knowledge base and FAQ content so that the customer can answer the question online right within a click-through from Google instead of having to pick up the phone yep. and annoyingly navigate an auto-attendance system to finally talk to a human being or fill out a form? And who knows when they'll get replied to. Same thing with optimizing news content so that journalists who are doing research on topics, companies, and subject matter experts can actually write about a company because they were easy to find, right, versus only rely on outbound media relations. So there's lots of efficiencies and cost deflection and other business benefits that come with optimizing holistically. And maybe it is blocking and tackling, but a lot of folks aren't doing it. And Optimize covers all that. Now, you break your overall optimization strategy down into three major phases, which are planning, implementation, and scale. And we're going to talk about those three here, but let's start with phase one. What are some of the best practices surrounding good optimization planning? Well, I think one of the, the first things to do is just 
to get a sense of what's possible. And I just touched on a couple of different things. So optimizing holistically is about taking a look at the totality of content and objectives for that content. Who's the content for? We've got public relations content, marketing content, customer service content. We're trying to recruit people, investor relations, right? Think about all that content and who the audience it's intended for and make that part of your overall content plan. The second thing I think it's important to take a look at is doing some research that's competitive research, that's doing audits, an SEO audit, a social audit, a link audit. Um, it's doing some social media monitoring to capture some idea about where conversations are actually happening on the social web relevant to what it is that your target audience cares about. And the other thing with planning has to do with translating some preliminary ideas about keywords and understanding market demand and rolling that all up into a firm set of hypotheses in terms of objectives. Like we believe, for example, if we optimize our marketing content and we increase traffic by X with these relevant keywords, our revenue could increase by Y, right? At the same time, we're forecasting that, wow, if we're able to optimize our customer service FAQ content and we're able to increase traffic by X percent, we will actually be delivering, you know, we'll be able to improve customer, customer service, if you will, customer perception of us, you know, substantially or, or by a certain percent. And we can forecast what's possible. And that's all part of the planning phase, understanding the landscape you're dealing with, identifying benchmark measurements, and setting up goals and metrics to put that plan in place and be able to understand how well you're doing, progressing towards your goals, and having an adaptable approach to refining it as you go. How does your company top rank uh, do some, I mean, this is a big question. We can't cover everything here, but can you give us an example of how top rank does optimization planning? So the way we do optimization planning is we initially identify, or we execute a series of audits because we want to have a sense of what our starting point is. We want to establish some benchmarks. A lot of companies coming into a situation where they believe they can advance their marketing effectiveness through optimization, um, may have employed other optimization tactics in the past, either on their own or with another agency. And we need to uncover, we need to know the truth about really what our starting point is. So we're going to conduct a series of different audits. There's five, actually. We're going to do a keyword audit. So we have some documentation of what demand there really is, what language there is, uh, what language or voice of the customer, so to speak, from both a search keyword and a social topic standpoint. We're also going to do a technical audit, so we want to make sure that the website or websites um, can be crawled uh, properly by, by Googlebot and MSNbot. We're also going to do uh, on-page or content audit, so we want to make sure that not only does the existing content deserve search visibility or social shareability according to the target keywords we've established, but we also want to make sure that the storytelling that's happening with the existing content supports the key messaging and what it is that our target audience cares about. We're also going to do an audit related to links, right? Good old-fashioned Google-centric SEO and document where are links coming from, what's the distribution of anchor text and all that sort of thing. And the fifth type of audit has to do with a social audit. What is the social presence of the brand? What are people saying about the brand? What are competitors doing? What are people saying about the brand terms, keyword terms, and what's sentiment and that sort of thing. And these audits all paint a very qualitative picture for planning. 
And we bring that together into a strategy that goes forward and says, look, here's the content we need to create. Here's an editorial plan. And this is really getting into implementation. But that's how we do optimization planning is we do that kind of research to inform us, arm us with the qualitative information we need to most efficiently and effectively reach the customers that we're after, but at the same time, produce content that's going to keep them around. Yes. And you have perfectly, effortlessly led us into phase two, which of course is implementation. So specifically, you write about building an effective content plan through what you call uh, attracting, engaging, and inspiring. Can you explain this process for us? You know, how we can start to build an actual content plan that works through implementation? Sure. Well, it's, there's a sort of content marketing trilogy that I talk about, and that is having empathy towards how your target audience discovers content, right? What are they searching on? What are they talking about on the social web? The second thing has to do with consumption. What are their preferences for consumption, whether it's devices, smartphones, tablets, or computers, as well as media format, videos, um, images, if it's text, you know, is it how-tos versus tips? There's lots of different types of content formats and understanding what it is that will move and inspire your customers is essential. That's actually the third thing is action or engaging. What kind of content will actually motivate them to take the actions we want them to, like buy stuff, right? Not everyone's going to be a customer, but if they are inspired by the content you've created, the engagement opportunity you've given them, then they may refer you to others, right? So the oldest form of marketing is that sort of word of mouth referral. And the sale that everyone can make is a social share. So the implementation phase of the book is centered around acting on the opportunity to optimize for discovery, consumption, and engagement. And we do that by first going through a customer segment segmentation exercise and identifying common characteristics amongst groups of customers to simplify this, I'm going to boil it down to just two things in terms of customer segments and personas. Who's your best customer? Who's your worst customer? Because we sure as hell don't want to optimize for our worst customers. We want to identify what behavioral, demographic, information that we can collect from surveys, from site data, from web analytics and conversion data that will help us paint a picture of those common actionable characteristics about a group of customers that we can leverage for developing a content plan. So once we understand our best and worst customers and what their pain points are, what their goals are, what they care about, we can literally translate that into a content plan that transcends or moves across the buying cycle. So in other words, for a particular customer segment, what kinds of topics and content types and keywords are relevant for generating awareness, for generating interest, for consideration, for purchase. And, and to be honest, we go beyond that. We look at the entire life cycle experience and look at retention and advocacy as well. Phase three is scale. And this is really where the rubber meets the road for many businesses. What are the challenges of social optimization that small, medium, and large businesses face in scaling, and how can they overcome those challenges? I mean, you've got five minutes to solve the scaling issues of businesses large and small right here, Lee. <laughs> on, on the planet Earth. That's right. That's right. On the planet Earth. And go. Um, <laughs> buy, optimize. There go we go. Optimizebook.com. 
Yeah, there you go. I mean, really, uh, you know, it's it's a great starting point, and I, there's a lot of storytelling in that third phase. It gives some specific examples about different types of companies and the challenges they face. And and really, there's no predictable way to say, well, small businesses will deal with this, and large businesses will do with that. But what I can touch on is is that with a small business, I think one of the opportunities for scale is self education. You know, imagine a small business owner wearing multiple hats. They don't have budget either. <laughs> Um, I think that right. they would do well to just get some self-education about what's possible and how these different puzzle pieces can work together. It's kind of like a recipe, you know, and people will use that same recipe in different ways to achieve an objective that's satisfying to them and to anyone else involved. And I think it's important that they do get some understanding about how some of these fundamentals will work in terms of so, search social content. You know, I didn't talk about SEO mechanics or social media mechanics, link building mechanics. All that stuff is in the implementation phase. But to scale, you have to have some idea of what the hell it is that you're doing and have some processes in place. I recommend, if nothing else, if someone doesn't have a lot of time for that, that they do engage in some kind of audit with a third-party resource. And that's true whether it's a small or large business. I know with large companies, we work with you know small and large companies. We have one large company that's a hundred billion dollar business. Um, it's a Fortune 14 company. We've been working with them for about five years now. And believe me, working with them is very different than working with you know. There's some startups that we've we've, we've worked with for four or five years as well. You know, and I think the political aspect of working with a large organization and having some identification of, okay, if I can get PR and marketing and customer service and even HR working together and I can help them each understand what they're going to get out of this from this idea of optimizing their content, because it's about more than just marketing. If I can show them how they can reach their goals and how it'll advance their reputation in the organization and that political ecosystem that exists in large companies. If I can leverage that and make it part of our process, part of our brand style guide, if you will, I'm going to be more successful implementing a holistic approach. In a small business, it's that business owner saying, you know what, I just got to make a commitment. Now let's act on it. Yeah. And these three phases. I want to make clear to everyone that we're just doing a broad overview of the three big kind of big sections of Lee's book. But these three phases, they are cyclical as well. I mean, in order to scale properly, it begins with the planning and the implementation, of course, as we go through that. But it also comes back around over and over and over again as you make moves to serve your audience better. Is that... That's exactly. Um, It is a cyclical process of having an idea you know, doing homework and having an informed idea about what's possible, making a plan, implementing it, monitoring your progress towards that plan, measuring success, and then refining based on insight from your analytics and your your measurement efforts, and then coming back to planning again and adjusting. And in as you go, you're going to see opportunities. And I talk about, for example, that editorial plan, uh, content marketing plan that specifically identifies topics and types of content and media and where we're going to promote and all that stuff all in advance. Hmm. But at the same time, it allows for wild cards. 
You know, just to, here's a practical example. I saw a notice yesterday. We're getting a ton of search traffic for a search phrase having to do with what's the best type of uh, or what are the best social networks for business. Mm. I thought, what what the heck is happening? That's crazy. I looked at web analytics. I'm like, wow, this is a trending up. There's a, m- a bunch of demand for this, and I haven't written a post about it in two years. So what did I do? I made sure I put up a survey today asking people what are the best social networks for business. So I've capitalized on an opportunity that's kind of real time, if you will, you know, and that's a big part of this. And that's very different from capitalizing on an opportunity like that. And what you did there is very different. We're not talking about blowing around with the wind, even though you see that search term coming through in your analytics, you write about it specifically that, that what you're writing is still uh, you, you push that through the lens of everything else, the bigger plan of what your company is about and the integration of um, everything we're talking about here, right? It's through that specific lens, not just grabbing whatever's popular. You <laughs> mentioned earlier, you know, we're so addicted to these shiny things. That's not what you're saying at all. No, no. If I was talking about that, and I'd be talking about natural disasters and, and celebrity uh, crotch shots <laughs> and things like that, you know? Right, right. <laughs> Boy, bad choice of words, but... Page views, um, man. Page I, views. Hey, I tell you, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I think wasn't it uh, Stalin that said the quantity has a quality all of its own. I don't know. I, I think I'd rather, <laughs> I'd rather go for quality. Just you know, a qualitative approach is yes, indeed, the lens through which these opportunistic situations are acted on. No, no, right. no doubt about it. There's sort of a, a narrative or storyline that comes along with that editorial plan, and being able to proactively newsjack you know, situations is, uh, just smart marketing. Okay, man. Is there anything else here that I've missed that you really want to communicate to businesses, both large and small that are maybe struggling with this integration of SEO, social media, and content marketing? I think the thing that holds it together is customers and content. And folks are sitting there going, you know, marketing is handling SEO, public relations, handling social media, and then we have copywriters and stuff. And, and really what ties it together is having a clear picture of who customers are and understanding that's a work in progress. And at the same time, creating a content plan to meet the needs of those customers. If you give customers what they want in terms of information, then they'll give you what you want in terms of buying and referring you to other people. So I, I think that's just really a core and central message of the book. And what so many people like Brian and Chris Brogan and Scott Monty and John Jansh and Ann Hanley and Joe Paluzzi and people like that have all endorsed the book because of having that common understanding that customer is key. And that's it, it's a missing piece in a lot of SEO discussions that are out there today. Folks are still hanging themselves up on Panda, Penguin and keywords <laughs> and, and not really thinking about really what's best for the customer. All right. This has been Internet Marketing for Smart People Radio. Thanks for listening, everybody. If this show has done something to you or for you, please head over to iTunes when you can and drop a rating or a comment there. We really appreciate it when you guys do that for us, and it helps the show out a lot. Lee, where can people find you and your book out there on the Internet? Well, you can go to optimizebook.com, and there we're publishing... Um, We've got chapter previews. Um, We'll be uploading videos in each chapter. There's a downloadable uh, spreadsheet both for a keyword glossary and an editorial plan that you can get there. So there's a lot of stuff that we're publishing there that's of use. And then um, I've been publishing a blog for eight years, and you can find that by going to Google and just typing in online marketing. 
And after that darn Wikipedia, you should find <laughs> uh, toprankblog.com. And there you'll find over a million words that I've written over the last eight years on specifically search. And we'd, I didn't call it content marketing three or four years ago. I call it editorial marketing, but about these sorts of things with lots of tips and software reviews and interviews and live blogs and polls and all kinds of good stuff. Great. I will link uh, both of those in the show notes. Mr. Odin, you are a pro, and in writing this comprehensive book, you have saved my boss much aggravation and in turn saved me from much of the same. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks. Appreciate the time, Robert. One, two, three.